Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. So, today's message, uh, we only have one hard hat in the house, um, and that's Mr. Dane, so y'all are going to have to fight him for it, because the word that I have for you today, I'm going to give it to you as easily as, as easy as I can, but if, if you will permit me, can I just give it to you real? Are we, are we in a safe place? Can I just give it to you real this morning, just straight from my heart, straight, straight from what I received from the Father for you guys? Because... I'm not preaching to you guys, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, and you guys are here. Um, because what I'm going to speak about today, in my, in my opinion, is one of the biggest tragedies um, for us as Christians that there is. I don't know how else to say that. Um, I feel like this is an area where more than half fail in this particular area as Christians. And, and I believe, I actually thank God for this word because... I'm going to try to make some fun with it, but at the same time, there's the serious side of it as well um, that I want us all to grab a hold of this morning, and I don't know if Connor's put the, put the message title up this morning yet. Hit me with that really quick. Growth in Christ. Growth in Christ. I think it's safe to say that most of us in here are born again and have received salvation, but what do we do after that? What do we do with that awesome gift? What do we do now that we know that the devil can't steal our soul? We're going to heaven. There's nothing that the enemy can do about it any longer. What do we do from that point forward? Where do we go? What do we do? So for those of you that have been here and have been here for for Pastor Bradley's um, recent series that I believe he's still going to continue. Um, I thought it was funny that this kind of rolled and, and continued right into to what he's been teaching on. And I actually did this with intent. I put growth in Christ in the message title. But what is Christ? Test question for you guys. What has Pastor B told us that Christ is? Is that his last name? It's his anointing. It's his function, right? He is the Christ. Christ is anointing. So I, I did that in, on purpose because that's not his last name. That is his function. So what I'm saying is we could change the message of this title, if we, could, if we would, to growth in anointing. And that's the direction that we're going to go in today, uh, my church family. Was we're going to go into we've received our salvation, and now we need to grow. It's time to grow. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. It's not. So the word Christ means anointing. So we're going to grow in anointing today. We're going we're to learn how to do that. So the anointing is descriptive of the Holy Spirit, which dwells on the inside of us. It was his plan for all of mankind all along to function with the anointing. Functioning with the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing because there is absolutely nothing that we cannot do. Because it's God in us. It's, it's the, the master, the author of this whole world that is in us. There's absolutely nothing in your assignment that he's called you to do that you cannot do. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you if you've received salvation. 
So you've heard it said, you've heard it said before that we need to grow in Christ, but we've never fully understood what we were saying. We had an idea, but never that we should grow in operating and functioning and living life as anointed sons and daughters of the Most High. So I'm kind of a logical kind of guy, so I looked up the definitions of salvation and sanctification, which is where we're going to be at today. The definition of salvation is this, deliverance from sin and its consequences, believed by Christians to be brought about by faith in Christ. So if you've confessed with your mouth that you believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross for your sins, and you believe that sincerely in your heart, and you accept that, then you've received salvation. Amen? Amen. So, say with me, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So sanctification, the action of making or declaring something holy. And this is where we fail. This is where I fail. This is where you fail. Because I don't know that there's many out there that do this in the perfect way that we should because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. We fall short. We get distractions. We are inundated with all of the things of this world that distract us and pull us away from what God's purpose and his assignment and his sanctification process is for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. So this is our anchor scripture for those of you taking notes, and I highly suggest it. This is our anchor verse for today. It's so, so powerful. Hebrews 5, and we're going to be in verses 12 through 14. This is Paul. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's where we are today. So ask yourselves these questions. Re- really ask yourself these questions. Am I happy with where I am in my level of anointing? Really consider this. How often do I read my Bible? How often do I pray and spend time in God's presence, getting to know Him more? Does my family... Do family devotions regularly? Am I happy with where my children are in their understanding and wisdom of the Bible? Would a greater anointing help me reach and help more people for the kingdom? Yeah. I'm gonna, there's a couple parts in here I want to just read to you guys because this is the way God gave it to me and I don't want to mess it up. So I'm gonna, there's, there's a couple little sections in here that I'm going to read because it's so, so powerful the way he gave it to me and the way he explained it to me. When a baby's born, they're unable to digest solid food as their bodies have yet to develop the proper tools for consumption and digestion. God created the newborn without teeth and the intestinal requirements to eat food that an adult would eat. Milk is the nutrition of all babies. The mother's milk has all that is required in nutrients to sustain life until the infant matures to handle solid food. But as you know, when an adult, when you become an adult, you have teeth, your intestines change, you're able to digest 
pretty much almost anything that you put in your mouth, right? Growth and anointing, however, is like the needs of an infant growing to maturity. When a person obeys the word, much is unknown. We are not expected to process the deeper meanings of the word than someone who has examined the scriptures for many years. Growth in anointing begins with the milk of the word, and then by reason of use and careful study of the word, the heart starts to unfold the deeper meanings of those things, both good and evil. Everyone begins with milk, and the Father wants all of us to grow to a diet of solid foods. Amen, amen? Did you catch that, though? It, it said, by reason and of careful study. By reason and of careful study. See, this is my son right here, and he knows me because we spend time together, because we talk, because we hang out together, because we spend time with one another. He knows what makes me tick. Even though he falls short of my expectations sometimes, it doesn't change my love for him. And that's, that's just on the earthly father level. We're not even talking about our heavenly father who sees exactly where we are and forgives us for maybe not being perfect in this area, but still has an assignment for our lives that's so critical that we grow to and fulfill, to be, to be impactful of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So how can we know the word if we don't spend time in it? So here's some more questions for yourself. Do I love the word? Do I love the word? Because Pastor B's already told us, who's the word? Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. So do we really love Jesus? If, if, how much we read the Bible was our only scale, our only, our only measurement to him of how much we love him, what would that say? What would that say for each one of us personally? You don't have to answer that question. But I'm preaching to myself this morning because I'm not impressed with what that one element alone would say to him as far as my love for him and how grateful I am for my salvation, for my family, for, my, for the blessings that he's bestowed upon us, for everything that he's given us. I tell him all the time, if you never do anything for me again, you've done enough for me to serve you faithfully for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. And when we get to that point that we're not expecting things from him, it's, it's a powerful place to be. Because that gives us the boldness to say, that's not right. Or, you're wrong for that. In a loving way, of course, but to have that boldness because it's not out there anymore. It's hard to find. It's hard to find someone that'll, when you go to them and talk to them about a situation that'll really get in your corner and not just be your cheerleader, but to say, hey, you, you need to change your mindset about this. You need to alter the way you're thinking about that and, and change. So what would that scale say if that was your only way to tell Jesus that you loved him was your, the amount of time that you spend in the word? What would that look like? Psalms 119 verse 140 says, your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. And a man that means so much to me said this, you cannot be still. You are either pursuing Christ and getting closer to him or you're getting further and further away. So if we're not in our word, we're getting further away. That was Dennis Weber. And I put a little note out to the side this morning as I went back there and sat in the chair and I saw a picture of him and Miss Robin. It was the time that we spent together that I can recollect those, those quotes that he used to say because he was coach years before he was pastor to me. He was coach. I was out there running, looking at, watching people puke in a, in a garbage can during football practice because it was like 115 degrees out there. But because of the time spent with him, I can recall things that he told me such as that. 
that are so profound, and it's, it's the river analogy that I gave you guys the other day during tithe, is, is you're either going with the current, which is taking you further and further away from Christ, or you're paddling against it. And I told you guys the other day, that's when all the stuff comes. Because when we make a move to move towards him, that's when the enemy says, ah! That was Dennis Weber. It means so much to me. An adult who cannot wean themselves from milk will become sick and die. A growing baby demands greater calories and nutrients than milk can provide. Growth in anointing follows the same pattern as the physical body. To grow in Christ, the heart must move beyond the first principles of the word of God and grasp larger tracts of knowledge. The goal is not to attain all the knowledge contained in the word, because we can't do that. You could live 10 lives and you could, you could not obtain all of the knowledge that is in the Bible. But God does expect us to leave the milk of the word and get on the meat. And for those, I don't, I don't know if, if any of you told yourself this, but this series that, that Pastor B's been in, that's meat, guys. That's meat. That's not milk. And, and, and some of it, even for me, is, is I'm like, whoo, that's pretty profound right there. But that's the level. And for those of you that have read the Bible and, and read several sections of it multiple times, it's living and it's breathing and it's active and it means something different every time you read the same thing. I can read a scripture today, go back a week later, it means something completely different to me. But that's the way that it speaks, is it's constantly changing based on where we are in our walk with him through this sanctification process. And that's where we have to get to. So, here's another one. Ask yourself this question, how much time am I spending in the word? Psalms 12.6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth refined seven times. And I'm going to tell myself a little bit right here, but I don't know about you guys, but I can read Seminole headlines, Florida State Seminoles. I can read article after article after article as I go through my day because I'm a huge Florida State fan, but I can pick the Bible up and in about five minutes I'm falling asleep. Anybody want to be real in here? Anybody want to be real? See, Where's, where's my men in the house that read the instruction manual of something in their house before they assemble it or before they use it? Is anybody in here with me? Thank you, my brother. I got one guy. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. All right. So the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, is our basic instruction before leaving the earth. Basic instruction before leaving the earth. It's right here. And who does not have one of these at the house? Who doesn't have one of these? We all have one, but yet, if you're like me, it sits there and we don't pick it up like we should. We don't employ it like we should. See, the problem faced by first century Christians in the Bible is the same problem that we face today, church family. It's the same. There are too many saints who have never given up the milk of the word and are satisfied to partake only of milk. They have never partaken of the meat. This makes us unskilled in the word of righteousness. Makes us unskilled. I remember when I first went to the road, and, and I don't want to try to freak you out with this, but this is, this is real life stuff. I was newer in the faith. Um, I had been saved for a couple of years, but I was still learning, and I was still growing, and I believe to this day that God showed me this right off the rip on the road because he wanted me to see the type of evil that was out there. So we get a call of a suicidal subject um, in Bronson. I get there, 
and he's in the yard. They had given me the description of what he looked like, so I immediately identified him as, as the person that I was there for. And when I pulled up and I got out of my vehicle, there was probably from here to the back wall between us. And I began walking towards him. I could see both of his hands. He didn't have any weapons. And when he, when he saw me, he turned around and he sprinted towards me. Sprinted. So I kind of braced myself for, for impact um, as he got closer to me. And when he got to me, he just crumbled. He just crumbled. He hit his knees and he, he raised both of his hands. And I just grabbed his wrist because I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know what he was going to do. And my sergeant pulled up about that time. And I kind of, he, he kind of went crazy for a second. I still had his wrist and I kind of pushed him and I backed up to get some distance from him. Um, Cause I really wasn't sure exactly, you know, what, what was going on at that moment, but I wanted to get some distance from him in case I needed to get my taser or something like that. I was trying to give my sergeant a minute to get to me. Um, so we could figure out how we were going to deal with this guy. Um, he, when I tell you he laid in the worst area of sand spurs that I have ever seen in my life, he laid down in them like it was nothing unaffected, unaffected. And he laid down on his back and he got straight as an arrow. And as we began to try to talk to him to figure out what was going on to help him, he would literally, by that time, EMS was coming because it was obvious that he was under the influence of, of narcotics. EMS was coming, so there was paramedics that was starting to come up and begin trying to talk to him. He would spin around like a compass, like the needle of a compass, and he would point his feet towards the person that he was talking to, and he was speaking all kinds of gibberish and, cr and craziness. And when he spun around to me um, during, during that moment, he spun around to me and he made eye contact with me. There was a form of evil there that I've never seen before. And he looked at me and he looked through me and he said, in, in the most evil voice you can think of, he said, I know you. And when he said that, my whole body covered in chill bumps. And I knew right then and there that I was dealing with a demonic force. Because if you believe in him, you got to believe in them. You can't believe in one and without the other. And I'm not trying to freak you guys out, but there's evil out there in the world. There's evil out there. And I, I'm covered in chill bumps right now because I can relive it like it happened five minutes ago. And he spun and he said to me, I know you. And when he said that, I just stepped to him and I said, I know you do. Because I, I was speaking to that spirit. I was not going to let that spirit scare me. I was not going to let it take control of me. But there's a sanctification process that we need to go through to understand how to handle that. And I was new in my faith. And there's things now that I might would have done differently in that moment and begin to pray over that individual to try to break that off of him. Because that stuff is strong, 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 strong. And only, only he can reach people like that. So I want you to ask yourself this. Has there ever been a situation that I could have influenced more, more effectively if I would have had more of the word inside my heart? And you don't have to go as deep as that because not everyone is exposed to that, thank God. But in family members that were hurting, in friends that needed prayer, how many times have we told people, hey, I'll pray for you. And then what do we do? We get busy and forget all about it. We get busy and forget all about it. I'm going to give you one little tip about that. When someone asks you to pray, pray right there, right now. Because that's what the devil does is he rips that stuff out. You, 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 you have all good intentions, all genuine intentions when, when a brother that you care about comes to you and says, hey, man, I need prayer. And you're like, I got you, bro. And then you get to the house and you got dogs, you got children, you got school, you got work, you got ailments, you got this, you got that. And next thing you know, you've forgotten about your brother and not one prayer has been sent. Not one. So pray right there. Pray right there. 
See, we, we are where we are today because of day-by-day decisions that we've made. We're not here on accident. We've made this decision that got us here. We made this decision that got us here. And then we made this decision that got us here. And we are where we are in our sanctification process because of the decisions that we've made day to day to day since we got saved. And some of it's been good, and some of it's been bad, and some of it's been somewhere in the middle. But we're going to get better today. Amen? Amen. See, we're all in the same room, but we're not all on the same level. Some of us are in much higher levels than others. And I'm not going to get on this tangent, but I believe when we get to the kingdom of heaven, I believe there's levels. I believe there's levels because Jesus is, is, very, is very orderly in his word. When you start to learn his word and know his word, he's very orderly and systematic in the way that things are supposed to be and the way they happen. And I just believe that when we get there, not everybody's going to be on the same level. I believe that there's some sanctification process that's still going to have to take place when we get to heaven. If we don't do it here, if we don't take care of it here, we're going to have to do it there. Because some people get saved and that's it. They know their soul can't be stolen. They know they're going to heaven and they don't want to do what they don't want to do what they're supposed to do and they just live. And I've been there before me and Corey me and him go way back middle school middle school days grew up together got saved studied the word together we used to sit in my house or his house and watch TD Jakes and Creflo Dollar and Jesse Duplantis every single day and 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 learn the word of God but we're not all on the same level. All right, here we go. Some are grown adults with the mind of a baby. This is contrary to the design of the spiritual body. If a man grows to adulthood and retains the mind of a baby, he is unable to function in the world. When the hearts of God's people reside in the realm of spiritual milk, they cannot fight against the wiles of the devil. The end is apathy, ignorance, and destruction. I was going somewhere with that illustration with Corey, but I forgot, in case you're wondering. And I can't get it back. can't get it back moving on so did y'all hear what I just read some of us are only feeding our spirit man one out of seven days because it's right here and that's it I want you to go home and I want you to try to only eat and drink water today and don't do it again until next Sunday nothing zero we can't do that we're we're starving our spirit man to death because we're not getting in God's word during the week and feeding ourselves. What, is, what does Pastor B say? What you feed is the dog that leads or whatever dog you feed is the dog that leads. When you're inundated with the news and you're inundated with everything that's going on in Israel and you're inundated with Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and, and drama at work and all of these things and you're not feeding your spirit, man, it ain't leading. It's not leading. If you follow the trends, you will surely fall in the traps. I don't know if, for those of you that are in the Dave Ramsey course, but that was actually um, on Ramsey Plus from one, of his, from one of his guys. And this is talking about finances, but it applies so well to what we're talking about today. If you follow the trends, you will surely fall in the traps. Guys, we got Jesus right here. We have Jesus right here, and when we get home, we put him on the shelf, and we let him get dust on him. And we pay attention to seminal headlines, and we pay attention to Facebook, and pay attention to all the things. We don't pay attention to him, and we got Jesus in our house right here in three or four different versions. 
However version you want to read it. I recommend the Amplified. It's really good. It takes time to learn the word. The desire must be to leave the milk for stronger food. Becoming skilled in the word of righteousness is not a scholarly development left only to a few of those who possess keen minds of wisdom. Secular education does not determine whether a man has the skill to know the word of God. When an open heart seeks to discern what is good and what is evil through the reading and study of the word of God, they will become skilled in what the divine will of the Father must be for their lives. Any one of us can do this if we're willing. Any one of us can do this if we're willing. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing, even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It's awesome. There is no seminal headline that can touch this right here. There is no post on Facebook that can touch this right here. But yet, we won't pick it up and read it. And I'm speaking to myself, not you guys. We don't pick it up and read it like we should. Pastor, she can, she'll tell you, Pastor Bradley spoke on something, what, a year ago? And I purchased a family devotional book while I was sitting right there listening to him. And, where, and I had to look for it to pull it out when I, when I started this message. I had to go find it because it has not been opened not one time. Not one time. See, we've got to be willing to change our habits if we want to fulfill God's assignment. We have to change our habits to fulfill his assignment because it's going to take work and dedication and time. And you've got to make adjustments in your schedule. There's over almost 40 people in the Dave Ramsey course because they said, I'm not satisfied with where my finances are and I'm willing to come up here for 90 minutes to two hours once a week for nine weeks and make a change to where my finances are because I'm sick and tired of it being the way that it is. And that's the attitude that we have to get about our assignment that he has for us, is I'm willing to change my schedule, I'm willing to be inconvenienced, I'm willing to not be comfortable to fulfill whatever assignment you have, because if I love you, I share your burdens. And I don't know about this, I don't know if y'all know this, but when you make his business your business, he'll take care of your business. He will take care of your business. See, some of us, we're like in the belly of Jonah and, and we're just bouncing off the walls of the, of the whale because we're not going where we're supposed to go and we're not doing what we're supposed to do. So we're stuck. And, and the same problems that we've been dealing with keep coming back again and again and again because it's a test that we can't pass. And if we would just get in his word or if we would listen or if we'd pay close attention there's an assignment that's just on the other side of that. See, Jonah didn't go where he was supposed to go, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. There was an assignment for him, but he disobeyed it. And it wasn't until he went through something that got him to the place where he was supposed to be so that he could do God's work. There's an assignment for each and every one of us here. Oh, and I got news for you about that assignment. He doesn't always call the qualified. See, there's something in you that God placed before you ever got here that somebody else don't have. So just because somebody's got more head knowledge than you or just because somebody's been in a position for longer than you doesn't mean that you're not the person for that spot because there's something that God has given you that he hasn't given to anybody else and you're going to be more effective in that spot than anybody else. Amen? Amen, amen. Growing as a Christian is the most fundamental part of our life. 
Either we are growing or we are dying. There is no middle ground. When someone has been a Christian for many years and still requires milk, they are unskilled and vulnerable. I had Bradley do this. He, he did this, actually. I don't even know that I told him to do this. But this is some of us here to the left. If there's a little bit of a flood, that thing's coming up out of there, right? And it's going wherever the water runs. But let's say that end one right there is, is one of the biggest live oaks in Florida that you've ever seen. Man, those things can withstand a tornado. Those things can withstand a hurricane. They, there might be some scars. They might drop a limb. They might get, they might, might get maimed, right? But they're still living because live oaks are tough. And if you were able to pull that thing up out of the ground without ripping any roots off, you would see that the top of the tree, the roots are almost the same size. Those roots run out just as big as the tree does in the air that you see. That's the way we got to be. We got to be rooted and we got to be grounded. And not done messing around, I got my papers out of order. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to make it happen. That's right. He is. See, the storms are coming. The storms are coming. And what, he's wanting to, what the enemy's wanting to do is he's, he's wanting to uproot you. If you're, if you're not rooted and grounded in the word, if you're not rooted and grounded in Christ, there's things that can happen that will completely uproot you and toss you to the side like a tornado. Since July 18th, I've dealt with the death of my grandfather, the death of a person that I called uncle my whole life. Y'all got one of those? I've dealt with the death of our family dog. Saw my, saw my son completely gutted. One of the hardest things I've ever had to go through was telling him, that our dog that he's grown up with since he was four years old didn't make it for him to get back from school to say goodbye. Lost my grandmother. That's all since July 18th. And if it wasn't for being rooted and grounded, all of the things of the enemy is out there waiting. Anxiety, depression, alcoholism, drugs, all of that stuff. And we've got to be rooted. Our roots have to be deep in him so that when we go through things as a family and things happen to us that we didn't expect and we go through storms, we're rooted and we're holding on to the anchor. I'm going to end with this story right here. It's one of my favorite stories and I tried to get away from it and God said, nope, do it again. Because I've, I've spoke on it a few times in here and that's okay. We're going to be in John 21. John 21, and I'm going to read it to you. Afterward, Jesus appeared. Let me set the stage. So Jesus had just been crucified. He had left Peter, and he had left the disciples with their assignment, right? Just like he's given us. He gave us assignment. We got saved. We were on fire for Christ. We were in his word. We were paying attention. We were listening. We knew his voice, and he gave us an assignment. They're all depressed. They're all anxious. He's gone. What do we do now? Jesus ain't with them anymore. Let's go back to doing what I did, what, what I used to do. I'm good at it. I got it. Right? So, John 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. And here's Peter, the leader. I'm going out to fish. That wasn't Peter's assignment. That was not Peter's assignment. But he was the leader. So the rest of them said, we will go with you. 
So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. All night long they caught not one fish, is what some translations say. You're talking about a master fisherman who was a commercial fisherman for back in the day when Jesus met him on the bank and said, come and I'll make you fishers of men. Who does that? A commercial fisherman fished all night. Because, see, we have a tendency to go back to what we're comfortable with and go back to what we once did that we were good at when God says, no, I need you to go this way. I know you've never went on this path before, but I need you to go this way. And it pulls us out of our comfort zone so that we have to rely on him. Because if we go back to doing what we were good at, we don't need him because we've done it before. We're already good at it. So early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but all the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them and he says, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because the number of fish was so large. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? For they already knew it was the Lord. What sense would it make if I said, hey, bro, let's go bowling, but we can't bring a bowling ball. Hey, bro, let's play cornhole. We can't have no cornhole bags. Hey, let's go golfing or throw the football, but we can't have no golf clubs and we can't bring a football with us. What sense does that make? It makes none. That's how we are with our assignment if we're not ready for it. It doesn't make any sense. We've received salvation. We're going through the sanctification process, and then we're ready for it. Then we're ready for, what, for what's in front of us. See, they went back and didn't do what he told them to do. They didn't go through the process of what he said, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. I'm going to come back and I'm going to show you that I'm coming back. But while I'm gone, this is what you need to be doing. But all the inundations of everything from the world and the anxiety and the depressions and the leader amongst them, Peter said, hey, boys, let's go a fishing. Because that's where his comfort level was. But that's maybe not where we're supposed to be. We can't do anything without him. The Bible says we can do nothing without Christ. Nothing, absolutely nothing can we do without Christ. The devil's got us running around like a, like a roach sprayed with raid. Busy, 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 busy. Bradley told me for years, he's like, bro, you're too busy. You need to cut some of that stuff off, and I refuse. For years. Tied up in this, tied up in that. This iron in the fire, this iron in the fire, this responsibility, these people needing stuff from me. Too many responsibilities and you can't focus on him. And that's what the enemy wants. Busy, 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 busy and doing nothing. Accomplishing nothing. And if you ain't careful, it'll ruin your marriage too. Continuing in verse 15, almost to the finish line. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. 
Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt by this because Jesus had asked him for a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. How many of you are sitting here with me today that hear, hear the Lord asking you about that, about your assignment? I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear him asking me, do you love me? But you're not in my word. I hear him asking, do you love me? But you're not teaching your kids the word like you should. See, all of our assignments are the same. They're different, but they're the same. It's all going to have to do with serving people. Did you see how he changed it? Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. We all have a talent and we all have a gift that nobody else has got. And we got to make sure that we're preparing ourselves to use it. And assignments can change. You can complete this assignment and move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. But we got to have him without the dust on him. Without the dust and be sharp and be alive and be active and know his voice and know his direction. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he will reinstate you. Your assignment is still right there. Your assignment is still right ahead of you. Just jump back in. Just get back up. Dwayne Wade was one of my favorite basketball players. And someone asked him what was so special about him. And he said, because I got up one more time. I got up one more time. Because we're all going to stagger. We're all going to fall. We're all going to screw up. People are watching us because we're Christians and they want to call us hypocrites. There ain't nobody walking out there that's not a hypocrite. That's never once in a day had a double standard. There's not one out there alive other than him. That's it. So we've all messed up. So get over it and get up. Get over it and get up. He will reinstate us. We've got to be willing to get under the pressure. See, I ain't got a body like Darius because I, I haven't been up under no weights. Sometimes my cornhole stroke isn't as good as Delixon's because he plays more than I do. Got to get in there. Get in there. Get in there. And I close. Those who daily seek the wisdom of God will find their lives full of the eternal wisdom established before time began. We can read and understand God's mysteries if we take the time. Grow in the word. Discern good and evil and starve for the solid food of the word. It will fill your life with an incredible feast of good things. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. There's no excitement of watching Florida State do well this year that can compare to this right here. If they go on and win the national championship, it means nothing compared to this right here. It means nothing. I'm just using that as an illustration because that's me. But all of y'all have something. All of y'all have something or some things that get in the way of this right here. And there's nothing more important. And see, that's what the devil is after. That is what the devil is after. He knows he's lost your soul. He can't touch your soul. You're going to heaven. So what's the next best thing he can do is render you ineffective. Render you ineffective. Fill you with this. Fill you with that. And render you ineffective so you can't make an impact on the kingdom. 
that's the next. Because if you make an impact on the kingdom, lives are going to be saved because of the seeds you planted and the words that you spoke and the blessing that you were. So that's what, he, that's, that's what he wants to do. That's why you can watch TV until God knows what hour, but as soon as you pick this up, you're falling asleep. It's the flesh. It's the flesh. But as you build your spirit, man, and as you get in his word and it strengthens you, you just say you're going to read one sentence. You're going to read one sentence because I promise you, when you open this thing and you get a hold of it and you read one sentence, it's going to turn into a paragraph and it's going to turn into a story. And there's a fire that's going to light up inside of you that every night when you pick this thing up, regardless of how tired you are, and you say, I'm just going to read one sentence. There's fire coming. There's fire coming. So with me this morning, if anything that I've said has stirred you to get in this thing, to get in this thing, get under the weight and share his burdens and make a difference. If there's anything that I said this morning that's touched, I want to pray over you. That's touched your heart and motivated you to pick this thing up and do family devotions. Dennis Weber used to talk about family devotions. Most of his messages were stemmed off of his family devotions that week. He was faithful. How many of you in here got a text from him every morning? Every morning. He was faithful. Faithful. And we can get there too if we're willing to put the work in. So if this has blessed you this morning, I just want to pray over you because it's blessed me. God gave it to me because I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Not as, not as good as I should be doing it. Stand with me this morning. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.